iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the director, producer, and cast of Nancy Please, along with our guest moderator, Nigel Smith, from editor at IndieWire. I've seen that trip happen before already. So first things first, we have a big group up here. Why don't we kind of go through from, uh, you know, nearest me to the end, uh, just uh, saying your name and describing what you did on the film. I'm Andrew Siemens, and I uh, co-wrote and directed the film. I'm Eleanor Hendricks, and I play Nancy in the movie. I'm Will Rogers, and I played Paul. I'm Vinay Singh. I'm one of the producers. I'm Dave Saltzman. I am the other producer. Okay, so first off, congratulations. This is your first film, Andrew, and it's in the yes. narrative uh, competition at Tribeca. Yes. No mean feat? No. No. Um, so how's it going so far for you? It's going really good. It's been, it's been great. You know, uh, the screenings have been packed and very successful, and the press has been very, very good. Got some good reviews, and so, so far everything's going swimmingly. Now, given the audience didn't get to see a full trailer for the film, why don't you right. kind of sum up exactly what Nancy Please is about? Yeah, the story, it's about uh, a man named Paul, played by Will here, who's um, he's an all but dissertation grad student at Yale, and at the beginning of the movie, he's, uh, he's, he's moving in with his girlfriend, uh, and so his sort of life is coming together. Adulthood is congealing for him. He's got this relationship, and his, and his career is coming together. And as he's moving into his new apartment, uh, he discovers something is missing, uh, a, a book, actually, that he deems absolutely vital to the completion of his dissertation that he's, that he's working on, because it's filled with all these important notes. And so he contacts his former roommate, who is Nancy, played by Eleanor, who's this sort of kind of sinister, mysterious woman, and for unknown reasons, she won't give him his book back. And so this very uh, rather mundane problem snowballs throughout the movie until it destroys his entire life. Now, I just saw it today, and from the outset, like from the first, you know, few or so minutes, I kind of assumed that it would be, you know, the India version of Fatal Attraction, that, right. you know, Nancy would take over as this kind of, you know, heinous... Um, yeah, counterpart to, to him, but, but that's not the way it plays out. I, I'm curious, like, tell me about the inspiration behind, uh, behind the, the story to the film and why you, know, you didn't take that more sensational um, route in, uh, in your screenplay. Um, I just thought it was more interesting to make a movie about uh, someone who destroys themselves. I mean, I feel like a lot of movies are about very good people who enter certain circumstances and, and they face challenges and difficulties and they either overcome them or don't overcome them. But I was more interested in writing a story about someone who uh, all their problems, all their conflicts, all their difficult, difficulties stem from themselves. Paul in the movie is his own worst enemy. He would, of course, say Nancy is his worst enemy, but over the course of the movie you realize he is the agent of his own destruction. And I just thought that was more interesting and, and more true to life. I, I, I find that most of the people I know, and certainly myself, are the cause of most of their own problems. And I liked uh, the idea of, of exploring that rather than having just something where there's an evil person who is, who is 
making someone's life terrible and they have to find a way out. I mean, that just didn't seem very psychologically interesting, and I wanted to do a psychological movie. One of the really, really interesting things about Paul is that he's not a likable guy for most of it. I mean, you know, from the outset, you think he's kind of got to be you know, the, the typical hero, but he turns out to be kind of a jerk. Yeah, he does a lot of stupid and petty and, and mean and nasty things in the movie. That's true. Uh, how, did you, how did you play that without, you know, uh, judging the character just by actually, you know, staying truthful to who he is and, uh, yeah. Um, well, I think because Paul thinks he's in the right, uh, he considers uh, as uh, ill-conceived as it is, he, he really believes that Nancy is destroying him and doing this all on purpose. Um, and having a third eye and being able to watch it as an audience, I think you, it, at some point throughout, or throughout the movie, you begin to realize that's not the case. It's not her, it's him. Um, but really, the way that Andrew and Will Heinrich wrote it, um, it, he never fails to think that he's doing what's best for himself and the world in general. Um, and so just embracing that, which is also, and just the, the joy of playing someone who's just spiraling downwards, um, uh, that, that was just what I jumped on board with. Thing. And Andrew, were you fearful of you know polarizing the audience by making the center of your story someone like what we were just talking about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was our probably our biggest fear when we started doing it because when you have a protagonist who is is unlikable in many ways and really becomes the antagonist, uh, the question is how do you not just completely alienate the audience? Mm -hmm. And so that was that was uh, and and we really skirt that line. And I think some people do find him just unlikable, but hopefully most people, and I, find him, his situation, how he deals with it, compelling enough to, to take an interest in. And, uh, but it was one thing we were worried about, and, and one reason why we cast Will, because um, we were very mindful of this while we were casting, because a lot of terrific actors came in and auditioned, and they did great auditions, but we needed somebody who had a kind of native vulnerability or a sympathetic quality, someone who uh, is relatable even when they're screwing up. And I think Will, when he wants to, he can do, he, ha he has many colors, but when he wants to, he, uh, he's just, he, he elicits compassion. He's just someone, he's so likable. It's so easy to be warm towards yeah. Will. And, and he came in and he did, uh, this wonderful audition where he was very vulnerable and childlike, and I thought, okay, well, that's what we need. That'll be great. It'll offset some of the more challenging aspects of this character, and it also kind of explain why the other people in his life stick with him, mm. even as he starts to do things that are really, really unacceptable. Um, he just, you know, Will can bring out a kind of caregiver instinct in you if you, if yeah. you allow it. Um, and for a film called Nancy, please, I was surprised there's not much of Nancy in it. I mean, she kind of, you know, appears, you know, throughout, and at the end there's a climatic scene which she uh, kind of reveals her true colors. But um, what, uh, first of all, what was your reason, Andrew, for not um, making this more of a, of a two-hander film? Um, well, I like the idea of, as the movie goes on, you begin to realize uh, that... Paul's accounts of, of what 
is going on with Nancy and the situation are, are increasingly unreliable. And I like the idea of, of pursuing that, and, and uh, we tried to do that through... If you got to know Nancy, you would, you would know. Uh, so we, we tried to roll Nancy out very, very, very gradually and withhold information so you would be... The only information you had about her was via Paul. Did that make sense? I, I, basically, I like the idea of Nancy as sort of a concept, this, this sort of mythical beast who is uh, persecuting this man. Um, and then, of course, only at the end, there's something of a real where you reveal where you learn that there's more to this character than just uh, a kind of malicious, vicious beast. So would you say Paul is an um, untrustworthy protagonist? Yeah, uh, unreliable narrator unreliable of, yeah. of, of a certain stripe yeah yeah and you say that you know something's revealed towards the end but still like a lot remains so ambiguous like your relationship is never clearly defined you know halfway through i just assumed that you, you two had been in a relationship previously and that deteriorated or something that you know accounts for the reason why you're so heinous towards him i mean you're just you're awful um <laughs> So what kind of backstory did you create, you know, given that it wasn't in the script, in order to pull this character off? Um, I mean, I didn't really create, like, a full scope of a backstory, but there actually initially had been some more um, scenes with Nancy that were sort of, like, fantasies of Paul's, which... Remember? I don't know. There were like some, like, where she became more demonic and sort of more supernatural. And that, that idea sort of like fed into my characterization of, of her in that like, this really was a concept, like this, this fantasy almost of this demonic woman who's, you know, oppressing this guy and creating his, like, making his life a living hell. Um, but you know, I guess the, the, re- the real Nancy, in ways that I kind of described her through the performance, I guess she, I, I'm like that sometimes. So it's, you know, I just kind of pulled <laughs> out these moments of myself where, or, uh, yeah, when somebody's being a real nuisance, someone's being a real jerk, like trying to infiltrate and, you know, it's, uh, it's, Sometimes people reach their threshold and tolerance with people who are annoying. And for Nancy, Paul has been super annoying throughout their relationship together. And I, I, for me, I didn't necessarily um, see that there had been like any sexual relationship with, between them. Maybe there had been a, I kind of thought that at some point, Paul maybe had like a sexual obsession with her that he wasn't able to kind of like see out for yeah. for whatever reason, and that could have like pushed her over the edge as well. You know, yeah. she wasn't sort of heeding to his advances. You know, she uh, she could be repulsed by that idea somehow. <laughs> Sorry, but. I think I over-vilified your character because, I mean, when Paul breaks into your house and you assault him with a baseball bat, which like occurs midway through, you know, he's so surprised. But, I mean, I kind of understood where she was coming from. I mean, this guy breaks into your house. So, um... I would never personally do anything like that. So that, um... If it was was, a friend. I mean, if it was I would never 
assault anybody with a baseball bat. I just don't, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> do that. But, um, uh, but I don't know, that was more sort of like Corey, for me, that part of the script felt like it was something that, yeah, that Andrew had written in that we like choreographed, we like, it was, it was an expression, like a deep expression of her, like, fear of this, of an intruder and, like, her protectiveness of self. So, yeah. yeah. Andrew, you went to school in New York, right? Yeah. Where did you go to school? Uh, I, I ultimately finished at the School of Visual Arts. Okay. Film school. So nothing like what Paul no, went no. to? Okay. No. I, uh, I'm not, I don't have much of an academic background. I'm not... An intellectual. So, is there anything of you and Paul, given that you co-wrote the screenplay? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to say it, but much of the problems that afflict Paul are things that I've experienced. I, I often say that the movie is not autobiographical in terms of what happens, but it's very thematically or psychologically autobiographical. I mean, these things of the yearning to be passive and being uh, uh, having a tendency towards self-sabotage and um, uh, being wanting to uh, run away from one's responsibilities. These are things I know all too intimately, yeah. And uh, always a lot of stress is placed on your first film as a director, your first feature. Why did you choose <laughs> to go, you know, to start? Don't remind me of no, that. No, it's doing pretty well so far, so I think you're doing fine. Um, but why this film as your uh, as your feature film debut? I, you know, I don't know. I, I I I don't. We we never talked about it. Like this is our debut. This is going to be my signature movie, and it's going to launch my career. And I'm going to you know all the things I want to do. I'm going to pack into this movie. I when I started writing it with 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 my co-writer, uh, we we just knew we were going to make something on a very low budget. And we didn't know what we wanted to write. And so we started, uh, we just kind of did an exercise, which I find fruitful, which is come up with an incredibly simple idea or an idea for an idea, just a kernel of something, a tiny conflict, and then start elaborating on it until it becomes something. And so that's what we did. We, the, we came up with the simplest conflict we could think of, which is one person has something someone else wants and they won't give it back to them that's a very rudimentary thing and then we just started talking about it and putting pressure on it until we had an object and a context and characters but gradually when you focus on something like that elements of your own life just organically and naturally pour into the process and it became it moved from being just a little exercise to becoming something that was was personal to me and so it just developed that way I and um, in terms of my first film, I, I, I guess I just thought, well, I want to do something in a context with characters that I know pretty well, uh, and I wanted to do something that played with genre. But outside of that, we just kind of let it rip. Let's talk about the log logistics of how you got it made. We no doubt probably have some, uh, some filmmakers in the room. So um, Anybody can take this on. Why don't we just talk about how this film got off the ground and uh, made its way to Tribeca? Uh, well, we actually, uh, three or so years ago, Dave and I started a company, production company called Small Coup Films. And uh, a few months in, we had a holiday party. And Andrew was at the holiday party, just randomly. He was a friend of a filmmaker that we were talking to. He, he crashed the party. 
you crash the party. Uh, that's the truth. Uh, and then over a drink, we just said, well, what are you working on? He pitched us this idea. Uh, we were probably a few drinks in. It sounded really great. We said, well, send it to us when, when you're ready. And uh, I think seven or eight months later, Andrew sent us an email. Said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. We met, and here's a script. And he sent it to us, and Dave and I both read it and really dug it. Um, it's, it's kind of, there's this really great kind of dark comedic tone through the whole movie. Um, if any of you have been to a screening, and if not, please come. Uh, you know, there's really some moments where the whole audience kind of gets to laugh out loud at, uh, at Paul's expense. Um, and, and I think Dave and I were drawn to that in the sense that there's something, you know, an interesting character study going on here, but the way in which Andrew kind of explores this character is, is fun, is, for lack of a better term. It's kind of almost fun to watch uh, this guy's downward spiral. And so, anyway, that's just to say that there was kind of a lot of layers there for, as a producer, for us to get excited about. Um, and so, but when you have kind of a lot of those layers, sometimes you think, well, this could be a, you know, a low-budget film. The way it's written doesn't call for big sets, big stunts, big locations. It can be done kind of on a tight budget. Uh, or maybe we should try and kind of push it towards something broader, something much more comedic. Um, and so, you know, we, we talked to Andrew and we tried to figure out what would be the best way to make it. And we wanted to kind of do it in a way that Andrew had as much creative freedom as possible, which a lot of times means not doing it at big budgets, not getting studios involved, not getting kind of bigger uh, interests involved. And so that's what we ended up doing. And so we just went out there and we got one investor and got another investor and kind of pieced it together that way. Uh, we realized that we were going to kind of need to bridge a small gap in the budget. And we ran a Kickstarter campaign uh, right before we went into pre-production, essentially to allow ourselves to go into pre-production. Uh, and that was very successful and it got us over the hump. and. Then we made the movie here in New York. I don't know. What else do you want to add? Um, I'll also add, in addition to sort of the, the private equity, which helped you know, do the bulk of the, you know, finance the film. Um, I mean, it was made through the help of the sort of crowdsourcing Kickstarter approach. Um, we had the help of Rooftop Films. Um, we won a grant through them, which allowed us to get some of our equipment from a rental house for free. And... Um, uh, then in the post-production process, uh, worked with IFP in the Narrative Films Lab, which um, I think went a long way to help just sort of um, rally us uh, through post-production to make sure we got the best film possible and really put us in a good place, I think, entering into the festival season to, um, to get it out there and give it the best life. Is a Rooftop going to be screening the film this summer in New York? Uh, no, we're not on the program. Oh, we're no. not on the you program right now. Okay. Rooftop's wonderful. You guys should all check it out. They're great. Uh, I think by virtue of the fact that we've had our New York premiere yeah. here at Tribeca, so close to the time that the Rooftop program starts, they tend not to cross-program. Makes sense. Okay, so let's open it up to the audience. I think we have a mic that goes uh, around, and just put your hand up if you have a question, and we'll pass it over. Hello. Um, I have a question for producers. What was your biggest challenge in producing this film? Uh, I, I could hardly say there was, I, think, I would say, making the film. Um, Working with me. Uh, no, Andrew was lovely to... I would say, you know, the biggest challenge... Uh, I mean, this is a, this is a cheating answer. Um, but it's, um, it's like taking the resources that you have and um, marrying it to the vision and all of the hopes that you have. And I think that 
for the majority of filmmakers, especially on the early side or on the lower budget end of the spectrum, um, making a film is an exercise in, uh, in compromise and uh, disappointment until you, uh, until you come out the other side. Is this a long euphemistic way of saying working with me? <laughs> you're very, very excited. No, no, no. no. I, we love working with Andrew. Um, but I would say the biggest challenge is just is, um, is knowing from you start with a script and um, you start with um, a vision and um, making sure that you can achieve that with, with your tools. Yeah, and just like one practical manifestation of that, for instance. We... Uh, you know, most films, even low-budget films, have a location manager to help you get all these locations, which we didn't have. It was kind of, as you go down the laundry list of all the things you want in a film, inevitably you don't get all of them. Location manager was one that dropped off the list. Uh, so it just meant, you know, kind of, we had an apartment, which I don't think you saw in any of these scenes, that covered us for the first part of the shoot, and then we had no other locations. And so while we were shooting there, Dave and I were taking turns running off set getting in the car, driving to various parts in New York, looking in houses, you know, location scouting, which uh, is a tough thing to do while you're in production. So that was tricky, challenging. But, you know, it's just one of kind of many things that uh, you have to work through, and it helps a lot to have, you know, not doing it by yourself. Also, for the producers, if I may ask, what was the budget on the film? Uh, well, I, I don't think it would be kosher to say the exact budget. Um, or exactly the um, amount of money to make the movie that you just saw up there, okay. and not a penny more. Um, oh, okay. Um, also, for the director, what was the casting process like? Did you mostly call in actors you knew, or did you go through um, casting directors or recommendations? Uh, we had uh, we had a casting director named Rory, and. Uh, we we auditioned, um, and most of the actors know I didn't I didn't know, and she brought in a lot of actors uh, who were who were great, and and that's how you know Will came in and, and he did his audition and, and I loved it. Uh, the only actor in the uh, in the movie that I reached out to specifically was Eleanor because I had seen her in other movies and I was a fan, and I so we contacted her and got her the script and you know she said yes, which was, was, was great. Um, so so that, that, that all worked out. Um, but no, it was, it, was, it was a pretty traditional casting process of people coming in for auditions and whatnot. Given that you're a fan, did you write that with her in mind? Nancy? No, no, I, I had already written the script. Oh, I see, okay. Uh, or was writing the script. I, I, I think I had a draft. And I was I, I went to uh, the Sarasota Film Festival and I saw Daddy Longlegs. Eleanor's in this great movie called Daddy Longlegs, and she appeared on screen. And I was just like, <gasps> and I kind of nudged my brother, and I was like, that's Nancy. She's got to play Nancy. And uh, and then later on, once we got it together, I, you know, we 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 contacted her, and um, yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, you, I guess you guys did sort of a chemistry read sort of thing, but, uh, you know, that was a, just a formality. <laughs> Hi, this is for the producers. Um, is this your first film that you guys have produced? And how hard was it to get funding for this film? Or uh, to get your investors attached? 
the answer for me is yes, it was my first uh, feature film that I produced. I had worked at a production company here in New York before on several films, but this is the first that I produced, uh, or I was a producer on. Uh, financing was tough. We, we, when we started the company uh, that I mentioned earlier, Dave and I kind of tried a few different ways of getting it financing, and uh, to us, kind of the best way was actually trying to do slate financing. Sorry, if this is getting boring, I'll try and go quick. But you know, essentially, putting together a package of films, financing that. That seemed to make the most sense, especially when you do work in lower budgets, it's, it's not financially rewarding at all. So kind of doing this painful process of fundraising once made more sense for us. Um, then the housing market crashed. Uh, you know, kind of a lot of the people we were talking to are kind of Wall Street type people or people kind of that derived a lot of their uh, money from that world and they had none anymore. And so we kind of took a step back and went back to a more traditional route of kind of single picture financing, which is how we did this movie. Uh, let's see, from the time that Andrew sent us that script uh, to the time we started shooting, I think was a year and a month, or about just about a year. I mean, not all that time was spent looking for financing. There was some development and stuff, but you know, we saw it and pretty quickly knew we wanted to make it and started working on it, so it takes, it takes a while. I'll, I'll also add that this was my first film as a producer as well, um, but like Vinaya, I came from a film-making background and had line producer, production managed 10 or so shorts or features, um, which I think was very helpful as, as um, when, you're, when you're working with a small team or lower budget to have those tools yourself. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Uh, it's very hard to go in, in Tribeca. Where, uh, to get into Tribeca? To, yes, to get into the festival, yes. to get a film Talk in. about yes. the competition. Oh, uh, is it hard to get in? Um, I like to think of it as hard to get in. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's it's I, you know I don't have any statistics in front of me, but I I you know it's a big festival and and it's it's very high profile and I, I'm, I'm sure they get a lot of entrance and uh, but I you know I don't I don't know I don't I I I would say I think so. Why don't we uh, personalize this a bit and like, you know, take me back to when you first learned that you got into Tribeca and what, what the, that was like, that experience. Um, I, I, we, we got heavy intimations that we had gotten in okay. prior to getting an actual call. We heard sort of through the grapevine that there was a, a, a likelihood that we were getting in, um, you know, because we're consummate insiders. And uh, no, um, and so it, it, yeah, it was it was great. It was really exciting, you know. I, 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 it's it's definitely the biggest and most prestigious festival I've ever been in, and uh, and it's just it's so great to be able to launch the movie in New York because we're all New York based, and the cast is here, and the crew is here, and and so yeah, it's it's, it's terrific. Uh, hi. So I was just wondering, I mean, theoretically on paper, there are a lot of different things here that could make making this movie challenging. Uh, stuff like, you know, a main character that is, you know, eventually unlovable and stuff like that. Uh, and I was wondering, stuff like a smaller budget, how much, when you were writing this, how much of uh, the logistics, like the kind of budget you had in mind, and the idea that you had this character that was you know, ultimately a jerk. How much of that did that 
thinking of the practical aspects of that once the film was written factor into the writing process? Uh, definitely when we were writing, I was writing for a low budget, both in terms of just not writing anything that would cost a lot. Not because I just expected that I'd get a, a low budget, but I, I specifically wanted to make a very low budget movie as my first movie. Um, and so we, we had that very much in mind. I didn't write anything in that I didn't think could be achievable at a, at a very low budget. And also, the, the nature of the movie is, is such that it's, it's kind of weird and, 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 and somewhat alienating to some people and, and, and challenging, hopefully, provocatively so, and while being enjoyable, I, I, I certainly hope. But I don't think it's the kind of movie you're going to get a whopping big budget to make. It's not, it's, it's, it's very specific and, and, and specifically focused and, uh, and personal and uh, unusual. So those things all converged. I knew, you know, it was written for, to be on a low budget both practically and in terms of content. It's a great looking film despite its low budget. I mean, the cinematography Thank is you. really, um, really great. Yeah, our cinematographer is Eric Lynn, and he's, he's terrific. He did The Exploding Girl. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. and uh, not only a great DP, but the, the world's most chilled out dude. He's terrific. You need that in a good DP. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much. When's the next uh, screening of the film? Tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, yes, at the uh, 11th and 3rd. The AMC AM, uh, on 11th and 3rd. No, it, oh, sorry. It is tomorrow night. However, if you don't have your ticket yet, uh, join us on Saturday night uh, because tickets for Thursday are sold out. They are, but rush tickets are available. Rush tickets are always available. <laughs> uh, but you can go online and make sure you have a seat on Saturday. Cool. Well, thanks again, guys. All right. Give it up for the cast and crew of Nancy, please. Thank you guys all for coming today. Great. And make sure to check out apple.com forward slash uh, Tribeca Film Festival for other upcoming events. All right, thank you all and have a great night. <laughs>